You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. Happy New Year. Reckless speculation. Happy speculation season. It's not a reckless speculation Thursday, but it is our first scoop session of the new year here on a Tuesday. Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department and the Scoop Podcast. He joins us here. And gentlemen, I have for you right out of the gate here. Let's waste no time. Great night of college football last night. I want to mock. Mock. I want to. I have two. Oh, wow. Button bar is. Uh, whoa. That was a button bar. Spacing out here. Let's reset that for the uh, the show. Two mock drafts, Fantasy Pros and Tankathon. Both have the Vikings picking number 12, where they stand right now. Both taking Alabama edge rusher Dallas Turner. Let's start speculation season right there. If the Vikings wound up with not a quarterback, but one of the top edge rushers with that number 12 overall pick, we'll start with Doogie. How would you feel about that? Well, I mean, it's a position of need. I mean, whether you re-sign Daniel Hunter or not, Marcus Davenport isn't going to be back. I can't see a scenario now. I feel horrible for DJ Wanham in a contract year. Significant injury, but I can now see a more likely scenario where Wanham is back, where the Vikings don't necessarily need to break the bank, but certainly a position of need. I mean, they need an edge rusher. They need an interior defensive lineman. They need a cornerback, right? So we can talk all we want about quarterback, but clearly going back to the fourth quarter of the Cincinnati game, you see all the leakage on defense. I mean, it's now what, 10 or 11 straight quarters, including the overtime in Cincinnati, where the defense has been a massive disappointment. So we know, yes, Brian Flores is great, but he still needs some more talent to work with. So if they went that route, I guess I wouldn't be overly shocked, but I would still spend a lot of time looking at these draft-eligible quarterbacks. And you're right, Michael Penix Jr. of Washington was phenomenal late last night. Man. Mm. We're going to get more in, into this on um, Purple Daily as we talk about these QBs. And there is a list of very, very talented QBs, um, at least three to four, I think, who are going to go in the first round. But Doogie's right. Yeah, I, it's a position defensive end. I mean, hell, I would say defensive tackle position of need. Cornerback is for sure. Um, the defense, depending on what you want, and if you're going to bring Kirk Cousins back, and I will continue to say this, I do not think they're going to draft a quarter quarterback in the first round if they bring Kirk back, because they're the needs. Then, if they bring Kirk back, they are going they are going to continue to be in their mind all in, right? So, why would they draft a guy to sit behind Kirk when there would be so many needs on defense? So, I will give this: I think the mockers are probably right that if Kirk Cousins returns, much to the dismay of many. I think this team definitely goes first round defense and then it becomes take your pick of which position they try to fill. But if Daniil leaves, if Kirk comes back and Daniil leaves, I think edge is probably spot on. Well, yeah, I mean, if Daniil leaves now, I'm telling you, Daniil loves it here. 
I think deep down he wants to be back, but the money has to be right. Like, I don't right. think he's accepting some sort of team-friendly contract. Now, right. is he looking for Bosa-type money? I mean, that would be delusional. He's not quite to that level, at least in my opinion. We've seen some slippage, him included, right, when talking about the defensive issues the last few weeks. We've seen some slippage with Daniel Hunter. But I think there's interest. Like, Flo loves him. Like, I can see a reunion there. Like, I just – I need to know the exact money, but I'm telling you, I would not be surprised whatsoever if they end up re-signing Daniel Hunter. I still wouldn't dismiss, Judd. I get where you're coming from. And, hey, I said it. Like, after October 29th, there was a more likely scenario that Kirk is back versus not back just because I don't think the contract is going to be as high as if he had played out the season. But it's still possible, right? We see all these quarterback issues across the league. Now Mm -hmm. in Denver, certainly Atlanta – right, with the family connections there, that maybe one of those franchises makes Kirk Cousins an offer he cannot refuse. But I can see a scenario. What I'm saying is I can see a scenario where Kirk is back. Now, what's the money look like? I think there is going to be a price point that the Vikings are not going to exceed. But that Kirk is back. Now, is it a two-year deal, a three-year deal? What are the guarantees? Is it fully guaranteed? I guess if it's a three-year fully guaranteed deal, which would surprise me, yes, you're probably not going quarterback in the first round. But I'm just saying... I do think there is a scenario where they re-sign Kirk plus go quarterback in the first round. Yeah, I'll put a bow on that mock uh, mock discussion there. Hold on a second. There we go. I want you okay, button bar is back. We're back here. Uh, but here's on the quarterback front, something that might be interesting to note as we go through this process. I mean, first of all, Michael Penix stock rose last night. But Caleb Williams, Drake May, probably off limits unless something gets weird and the bears decide to open up for business or something, but let's take those guys, those guys, I think those guys are off limits. Even so they're day one starters. I think so, Phil, but I'm telling you, if they end up 12, so they lose Sunday. Okay. They are picking 12, not 18 or 17 or 19. I'm just telling you like this person keeps reminding me when Quasi identifies something he wants, he's going to make every effort to go get it. Doesn't mean he's going to ultimately accomplish that goal. But if for some reason, the guy is Drake May, that they identify Drake May is the guy, the ideal fit for Kevin O'Connell's offense. If they are picking 12, to me, it's at least reasonable to think you can get from 12. Do you have to get to two? Or is it more like three or four? But you could make that leap. I'm not necessarily saying zero chance, put it that way. Well, let's go down that path. I'll save my other question for just in a couple minutes here, but they might pick ninth or 10th. You know, they could, they could still, if they lose and a couple of things happen, they could. And I, and I hear the arguments from people that are looking at the Vikings draft history and saying, well, I mean, you could draft a Ponder 12th and you could draft a Harrison Smith late just because you're drafting 12 or 13 slots higher doesn't guarantee anything. Agreed. But you have access to better players if you go across the, the course of time, right? Go take the historical, uh, you know, data set of drafts. You have access to better players drafting ninth or 10th, then you do 22nd, 25th. And maybe most importantly, it's a shorter trip up the board. Trade it. Like, let's say you want Drake May, to your point, Doogie, and you have to get into the top three to take Drake May. And you're drafting 22nd. 22nd to third is three future first-round picks to move up, right? Ninth to third? Maybe it's a future first and a future second or, you know, whatever it may be. So that's an interesting, I mean... If they're picking ninth or 10th, maybe Drake May isn't off limits all of a sudden. It's interesting. That's all I'm saying, right? And hey, they're all about winning on Sunday, right? I mean, we can have the dialogue all we want. Hey, they're better off losing compared to winning. 
right? I mean, in that locker room, clearly those guys are trying to win, but I understand it, right? I'll never forget suck for luck going back to the Andrew Luck year when the Vikings won a meaningless game at the end of the year. Was that the Matt Khalil draft, Judd? Yeah. I yeah, think that was... so. All right. So, I mean, I understand That was a Washington it, right? win, yes. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I get it. That When thinking about the long-term ramifications, that sometimes yeah. losing short-term one game or even two isn't the end of the world, all right? So I get that, but I can just tell you, they're all about finding a way to win on Sunday. I get that, and, and I, I'm not surprised. Like, we, we have t- talked about this quite a bit, but it starts at the top. The Wolves want to win. The Wolves want to be as Correct. successful That's as it. possible. But Dukes, but Dukes, at some point in time, is somebody in that damn building going to think, okay, we at some point have to move on from Kirk. It might be in March. It might be in two marches from now, but it's coming. And the fact is, you like you look at the division and the quarterbacks and the potential here now. As T, as you know, Detroit wins the division. Chicago definitely improving. They might stick with Fields, but they're going to have the top overall pick, you guys. And Green Bay looks to looks to have what you know is at worst a serviceable QB in love. So my question becomes, and and I know how they think, and I I agree. Scoopage wise, you're probably right. But at some point in time, when is somebody going to put their foot down and say, guys, we have to think of the future here. Like, we didn't bring O'Connell and Quazy here to literally tread water, which is what they're going to do. How do you until, know that? That's until, what they've done for two years. Until they absolutely – right. But, I mean, Kirk Cousins is going to be 36. He's coming off an Achilles. At some point in time, the common sense of sports is you have to move on. And, and like, if you're going to draft ninth, you guys, this is a good time to consider that. And you know what? So you take a step back for a year. Maybe you take a little bit of step back for two years. But if at the end of the day, you get your quarterback and now you can replenish. Now you can replenish. So you're not constantly putting a premium on what can we do for next year? So we can't trade draft picks. Or if we do, we're going to bail backwards and get, you know, what when you put that priority on the future, that's when you give yourself a chance to win a championship far more than the, the saying at TCO, which is if we get in the tournament, We've got a chance. You got in the tournament th- with 13 wins a year ago, and you got bounced by the Giants. So that's all I'm saying is when are they going to start to think of that? Well, I mean, maybe eventually, but I just don't sense it's immediately. Like, you can make a compelling case. You just laid it out. The division moving forward looks really, really good. How are you leapfrogging Detroit, Chicago, Green Bay, the futures of those three franchises? They're just, they're well-positioned, absolutely well-positioned based on the body of work, especially with Jordan Love going back to after the Vikings dominated him at Lambeau in late October. You feel really good if you're a Packers fan. You certainly feel really good if you're a Bears fan, everything you laid out. And Detroit with the draft class, you know, Jared Goff isn't old. I mean, they'll probably end up extending him, paying him. Yeah, the defense needs some work, but I think you feel pretty good if you're a Lions fan, if you're a Lions employee. So you can make that case. But, Judd, I need the evidence that the Wilfs are willing to do that. That's right, Especially when you have Justin Jefferson. You're you're still going to pay Justin Jefferson. Yep. Right? They came so close to an extension with Justin Jefferson on Saturday, September 9th. I just don't think you get all the way down the road like they did. Heck, at one point, there were people at the Vikings that thought, hey, we're going to get this deal done before kickoff against Tampa week one. That's Mm -hmm. how close it came. So until I hear otherwise, they are going to make Justin Jefferson Really, really, really rich, right? They are going to compensate him 
heavily. So when you're investing that sort of money in Jefferson, mm-hmm. in Hawkinson, I just I need the proof that they're willing to take a step backwards. But I'm hearing you. Phil, how long have we talked about them being stuck in middle purgatory, right? And that's the way it feels yet again. Yeah, they average as owners going back to uh, 2005, they average eight and a half wins per season. And right now they're sitting on either seven or eight wins. Now there's a lot of franchises that would love to swap that number, right? If you're, if you're a Jets fan the last 15, 20 years, you know, but Judd, I mean, just you, you keep saying, and I get like, I get where your mind is at. You keep saying, well, O'Connell was brought here to identify the next quarterback. Was he? I think more and more he was brought here to get more out of the roster that Mike Zimmer couldn't to get more out of Kirk Cousins. And I think we'll, that's to, we'll see what happens yeah. in a few months here, but they could easily lean toward, wow, uh, the, the price of poker is too much to trade up in the draft. You know, we're more comfortable taking an edge rusher and re-signing Kirk Cousins for two years and see how far we can go again, right? I still think they'll fill up the two-year deal. They're still going to be – now, hey, I'm telling you, they will tell you that the work they've done – on this quarterback class is the same that they've done going back years. I'm just telling you, from my point of view, it seems like it's been more. Now, there's some subjectivity there, but just the amount of practices, different scouts have attended, in-person games, it does seem like, and I get it, in person, you're watching more than the quarterback, right? So that's their comeback. We're not just there to watch Michael Penix Jr. or J.J. McCarthy, right? We're there watching a lot of guys. Michigan has 20. NFL players on its roster. We're studying a lot of those guys. When we go to practice, we're not just studying the quarterback. But I'm just telling you, my sense is based on the high number of high-end or close to high-end draft-eligible quarterbacks and the amount of times the Vikings have seen these guys in person, they will continue to do their homework, senior bowl, and to combine pre-draft process. I'm just telling you, if it's a two-year deal for Cousins, I'm just telling you, I would not be surprised whatsoever if they go quarterback in the first round. So if they do that, then, um, and to to your point, and because I I agree with your philosophy of how they think, Dukes. But if they go QB first round, they re-sign Kirk. To your point, they sign Jefferson to an enormous extension, and Daniel walks, which is plausible. Then, like, there's only you don't you can't pay everyone. My question is this: Are you just accepting that your defense m- might take a, you know? big step back. And and I also think that if Flores comes back or not, you know, there's been a lot of, of his creativity put on film now. And we're starting to see teams exploit that because he is trying to deal with, with the defense. The personnel wise is not great. So I guess my question is this, what's the, what's the potential 2024 result? If you've got an offense with Kirk back with Jefferson signed, that's all great. But now your defense, which has been, identified as far as what it does a bit more. And now you take out the guy that was your uh, linchpin edge rusher is gone. What does that say for your probability of, let's say, getting to 12 or 13 wins next season? Well, I mean, that's a large number anyway, right? Even if Daniel is back 12 or 13 wins, even with a last place schedule, I guess that's what, two quote-unquote easier games. I mean, you still have, you know, a tough schedule. I mean, 12 or 13 is... It's pretty darn aggressive, but, and I get it. It's a fair question to ask, Jed. But why can't you have all of that with Daniil? Like, you still bring back Daniil. There are ways to massage the cap, do some different things. We know how brilliant Rob Brzezinski is. He's been doing it for a really long time. The cap continues to go up, up, up. Yeah, you may need to make some other tough decisions, like is Harrison Smith back next year? 
questions like that, right? Certainly not back at his current number, but could he take yet another pay cut, right? But maybe just cut the cord there, right? I mean, there's all sorts of different things to look at, which we will over the next few months. But I'm just saying, I do think there's a scenario where Daniil is back and it's also Kirk is back and they do pay Justin Jefferson. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom. And it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I would say, too, the ages of some of these quarterbacks that are going to be available to you in the first round might matter in that. Well, let's, let's you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May. Those are those are day one starters. So if you go up and get one, you're starting those guys. I think week one, Jaden Daniels going to be 20. This is at draft time, 23 years old. Michael Penix will be 24 years old. Bo Nix will be 24 years old. Are you really going to draft a 24, 23 year old quarterback? Sit them for a year? Maybe. J.J. McCarthy, who Doogie has been reporting for the whole season, the Vikings have had a heavy scouting presence at J.J. McCarthy games. He's 20 right now. He'll be 21 years old for the draft. I think, and I'm just, this is just me spitballing here. I could see a scenario where maybe you trade back a few spots in the first round, get some capital, take J.J. McCarthy in the teens or the early 20s, 21 years old. He's the youngest quarterback of the group here sit in behind a Kirk Cousins for a year who signed maybe a two-year contract with an out after a year. If it's McCarthy, I could see a more likely scenario where they keep Cousins around for at least a year compared to some like a 24-year-old Michael Penix who just threw for 430 yards in the college football playoff semifinal. Well, but is Kirk coming back if there's an out after the first year? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he question. wants that sort of freedom, right? <laughs> he wants some sort of two-year guarantee if he's coming back here, right? So that turns into a bit of a slippery slope. But yes, I mean, you know, undoubtedly, they've done a lot of homework on on the mission quarterback. I still don't know, though, Phil, right? That's the one position where, in theory, you feel like, okay, a guy can play until, you know, Kirk, 36, or Aaron Rodgers, whatever. That A guy can play Matt Stafford, right? That you can play deep into your 30s. So I get it. It's noteworthy, okay? Penix, for example, 24 years old on draft weekend, but I don't know, like cornerback a couple of years ago. I mean, you know, God bless his soul, you know, rest in peace, Jeff Gladney. But in that moment, they decided to go Jeff Gladney over Jalen Johnson. Well, in that moment, Jalen Johnson was two and a half years younger than Gladney. They were close on the Vikings board. I just thought, why not go with the kid that's two and a half years younger? If they're close at that position, the cornerback position, you take the kid that's two and a half years younger. I don't know about quarterback, though. I think it's I more about readiness, bit, though. But not it, as much. It's less about the back end. How old are they going to be? They're fine. Like, like you said, it's more about Michael Penix has played six years of college football. He's 24 years old during the draft. Does he really need to sit for a full year to figure out how to like he can either play or he can't that's under, under yeah. the right circumstances? Mm-hmm. And I would say that a 21 year old McCarthy maturity-wise, just, like, ability to handle pressure and just everything. I think those three years are, are a big difference. I'm not saying for everyone, but I don't think I don't think you're drafting a tw- – and to your point, too, you, you might go to Cousins in a few weeks from now, and he might say, guys, I either need an assurance that you're not drafting my replacement 
or I need an assurance in terms of like at least two years guaranteed. I'm not going to do this whole like one. I'm not going to go year to year. I can, I'd rather go play for the Falcons where we have family in Atlanta. You know, so he Kirk Kirk's going to yeah, have that's two or three teams. I'm you, I'd be surprised if he signed and the Vikings can escape the contract after one year. Yeah. Well, and Kirk has the the thing too here to keep in mind is if Jefferson signs an extension, and we all think that Justin would be happy if Kirk comes back, right? Are those guys going to, to say, but you know what's a really good idea? Draft another QB and, and sit him. Now, now it might be the exact right thing, but my point is this, this we try to win every year thing also, I think, raises an expectation in the locker room, like if Kirk comes back. And let's just say it's a two-year, mostly guaranteed, almost certainly lucrative contract, right? Kirk Cousins is going to say, oh, okay, how else in this coming draft are you going to help our team? So if you if you say, well, well, Kirk, Kirk, hold on a second here. J.J. McCarthy, he's a young you. You're going to mentor him. And he's going to sit behind you next year while our defense hemorrhages points or something like that, right? See, I, I just think this thing is so intriguing because, yeah. well, because of intriguing, yeah. all of the different scenarios. And as we continue to talk about, Kirk has the hammer. Kirk has the hammer because of his contract. Because they have to have that contract done by a certain time to defer what was going to be the dead cap hit, as we discussed, I think, two weeks ago, you guys. So this all, to me, like the the pie-in-the-sky discussions about what would be ideal are great, but there's going to be a lot of voices in that room. And if you bring certain guys back, I think that those guys are going to say, hey, we want help for 24. So J.J. McCarthy ain't it. Now, the team could say, buzz off but Kirk could say well then I'm going to leave I mean that's where this is going to become a really slippery slope um, with different opinions and ideas here's some clarity by the way going back to our discussion in mid-December so I reached out to Joe Corey former agent for John Randall Ed McDaniel many other guys does great work for CBS Sports I said to him via text if the Vikings extend Kirk in March what happens to the void year money that is now on the books he says as long as a new deal is done before the last day of the 2023 league year, which is March 13th, the bonus proration from Cousins' 2024 through 2027 years stays intact. If not, the proration from those years is a 2024 salary cap charge, and he can still be re-signed. So, now, that's a lot of minutia, but no, but it's, you know, for it's, those it's that can understand important. that, there it is. Yes. So, essentially... Yes. Let's, so March 13th is the date. If he doesn't sign a contract with the Vikings by March 13th, it doesn't mean that he can't sign one on March 20th with the Vikings. It just means that the $28 million cap hit, the accounting cap hit, hits the books in 2024 either way, right? And then, yes. if, you were, then if you were to sign That's him... That's the magic date. That essentially is the magic date. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, there's a lot of... And, and so he can kind of sit there and say, March 13th, I want two years, three years guaranteed. If I don't get it, I'm going to go shopping elsewhere. And after that date, it makes less sense economically for the Vikings to strike a deal with Cousins That's unless it. his yes. market is completely non-existent, right? Correct. Yes. So mm. is the deal done by March 13th? If it's not done by March 13th, yeah. It's not a 0% chance. Right? He could re-sign on March 14th, March 15th, March 18th. But it just it makes logical sense. If you're the Vikings, if you're re-signing Kirk, it's done by March 13th. If it's not done by March 13th, there is a very good chance he ends up elsewhere. And that's where Kirk's got him, though. Be- because Kirk, because Kirk's a- agent, Mike McCarthy, could say, well, hold on a second, guys. We'd love to explore the market unless we get what we want. 
right? So, so like we keep, you know, hypothesizing about would Kirk take a more team friendly deal to try and win this time. But McCarthy can say, well, hold on a second, you guys, you've got this date. Like if you don't meet this, if you don't jump in front of a line that on March 14th becomes everybody, like everyone gets to Steelers, weigh in. Falcons. The Falcons, right? McCarthy can say, hold on a second, guys, we're going to be doing you a favor because we're going to kick the can down the road for you. But to do that, we need what we want. So that's where I think this gets to be really, really interesting. But it also presents an opportunity to more than ever say, oh, okay, guess Michael what, Penix. Kirk? Bingo. <laughs> JJ McCarthy. Right. Yes, exactly. You're right. It's fascinating. No, I mean, it's super fascinating, super intriguing. I mean, you think about Sunday. I mean, Kirk, Daniil. I mean, who else, you know, plays their final game? I mean, let's you know, be realistic. Smith. So much stuff needs to happen for the Vikings to play beyond Sunday. Okay, so the season ends on Sunday. Who else is done? Who plays their last game in purple on Sunday? I'll go back to Marcus Davenport. That one is as weird as it gets. I cannot see a scenario where Marcus is back. I'm telling you, the Vikings really internally, many people thought he'd be back by now. And I get it. He had a procedure done. Surgery done on the high ankle sprain, right? So in a contract year, he has to be able to protect himself. But I think the Vikings thought there was a little bit more want, desire there. That he'd be able to be back before the end of the season. Well, at this point, he won't be back. But I can get it. I'm serious. I can get it from the player standpoint that, hey, it's not worth putting my ankle on the line. I got to go strike gold again in March in some fashion, right? Whether I come back for a week or two or not, the reputation is out there that there's some desire questions about me. But that one has been weird, very weird, right? And I think at this point, you know, even going back a couple of weeks, there's been many people in Egan just throwing their hands up saying, what the belief, like, what the heck is going on here? Okay, so Marcus Davenport done. Byron Murphy Jr., he's just been okay. I mean, I don't know what the PFF grades are right this second. He's had his moments, but I don't know if I see Byron Murphy Jr. back, right? You just you start going up and down the list. There are a lot of players on Sunday who won't be a Viking come you know, later on in 2024. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings are in a decent spot cap wise. One, you mentioned this, the, the, the expected salary cap is going to jump over $240 million for next year. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're like, they're like 14th in overall cap space right now. So they're not in the cap hell that they were to start last off season in part because the Dalvin contract, the Thielen contract, they, they ate some of that money. Uh, but they'll have to do some work if they want to make room for a big Kirk contract. Uh, you know, Daniil Hunter is going to be a big number in 2024. There's things they can do to massage it, but they are in a better spot cap wise for many reasons than they were a year ago, which is, which is good Dukes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, there still is a pathway to them being uber competitive in 2024 that as long as the Wilfs are owning the team and that's not changing anytime soon, I just don't think they're ready to hit the reset button. Yep. Now, I'm telling you, after Zim got fired, like I was in the boat, right? Especially if you went the Ryan Poles path, right? That that was the time to truly hit the reset button. But at this point, I just don't sense they're ready to do it. I really don't. Because there's been no evidence to suggest going back decades that the Wilfs are willing to do it. Hey, Duke, uh, um, talking about guys that might be playing their last game on Sunday in Detroit for the Purple what are your thoughts on two guys from the now um, ill-fated 2022 draft? Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth, who looked like he had got himself into the mix. He did play a bit again on Sunday, 
but there have been long stretches where he's not used. Do you think that either either one of those two guys uh, could end up not being on the roster in 2024? Because seen to me, I mean, this has been this this feels hopeless at this point, unless I am missing something here, and I certainly don't see him as Harry's replacement given the fact he couldn't get on the field again until you had multiple guys banged up on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Jay Ward is ahead of Lewis Seen, right? I mean, Theo Jackson. I Theo mean, Jackson. A lot of guys are ahead of Lewis Seen. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. neither guy's guaranteed to be back here next year. I mean, you think about Lewis Seen being active on Sunday for the first time in, what, a couple months? I mean, he was a healthy yeah. scratch. How many games? Six, seven, eight games, something like that. Andrew Booth Jr., maybe best known at this point for his postgame fight. From Sunday, right? Not any sort of fight that he showed us on the field. Yeah, the snap count at different times, you know, during the season maybe was okay, but right. there are still all sorts of questions about Andrew Booth Jr. So, yes, I mean, when talking about fringe roster guys, like when thinking about 53 man roster makeup, I mean, those two guys are fringe NFL players at this point, at least in the Vikings' mind. So, if you're asking me, like, 100% are those guys back or could they cut the cord on one or both? Sure, I think that's absolutely in play. Uh, we will go through the rest of Doogie's scoop bag here in a second, but uh, it is 2024. It's January 2nd. It's time to flip the script on your weight, Judd. If people are looking to lose weight starting right now, where yep. should they turn? Well, there's one place, um, and that is my friend's Livia Weight Control Centers. You're looking at Sports Dad right there. A couple of years ago, guy on the left, guy on the right, guess what, down 40 pounds. How? Because this program works, and I'm going to tell you right now, January 2nd, not only is it time to flip that script on your weight loss, but it's time to do it with a deal that's going to save you big. Livia right now offering the first three months for free. That's right, first three months for free. How would you like to be down, boy, several pant sizes fit into a ton of clothes that didn't fit? And those first three months, again, are for free. Plus, they're now offering breakthrough weight loss medication options as well. It's easy as this. Just call them 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or go online, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com, inside or outside the state because the whole program can be done virtually. So if you are watching us in Tennessee, California, Florida, I don't care where, you can contact them and they're going to help you lose the weight, Livia.com. Speaking of changing uh, your life, changing your perspective, how about uh, just deep cleaning your house to start the new year and take that breath of fresh air? Presented by Zero Res. So Zero Res has, how about this, 17,000 reviews on Google and a 4.9 out of 5 rating. That's pretty incredible. Tough to find businesses with a better rating than that. And Zero Res is here to help you deep clean your house. They'll just do it for you. Don't, don't worry about DIYing it. Uh, here's the deal. It's the Score North Special. You have to ask for it to get it. Three rooms, Zero Resified, starting at just $119. And this month, take $75 off getting your air ducts cleaned as well, zeroresminnesota.com or 9520res. Say you want the Score North Special to get those deals. Doogie, what's left in your scoop bag here for us? Well, Braden Carrington expected back for the Gopher men's basketball team on Thursday game at Michigan. Big Ten schedule resumes. Michigan just lost to McNeese State, right? So there's an opportunity for Ugh. the Gophers to get off to a 2-1 and one start in the Big Ten. Remember the two games in December? Lost at Ohio State, but beat Nebraska at the barn. This Gophers team is a lot better than the last two years. They have their full group back together starting on Thursday. So let's see if they can make some noise. I'm not overly concerned, Phil, about the Wolves' loss yesterday in New York. 
Yeah, they got beat up on the boards. Yeah, you think about the potential of a first-round playoff matchup against New Orleans, Zion Williamson, who will be here tomorrow night. Although, how about this? Another schedule break for the Wolves. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Pelicans play the Nets tonight. Do they? The Wolves have a schedule advantage again tomorrow night. Heck, does Zion play both games? Does Zion play tonight and tomorrow night? But you think about Julius Randle, a fast four-man, right? How do you guard a guy like that? So, you know, you start drifting ahead to April, the potential of a first-round playoff matchup against New Orleans. Maybe some trouble spots with the Wolves. I'm not overly concerned, though. Like, New York is a really, really good offensive rebounding team. I'm not worried about the Wolves on the glass. They've been okay going back a few weeks. I saw our colleague, our good buddy, Patrick Royce, he tweet, the Wolves are going to fall to the five seed. A lot would have to go wrong. Like, they're off to such a good start with enough cushion between them and the five seed. Like, they would have to go, like, four or five games under 500 the rest of the year to fall below a top four seed. So I just don't know if that's going to happen, but these turnovers, Phil, I'm telling you the turnovers, it's bad. Yeah. you know, and I don't know if it's going to change as long as you have Ant. you know, I mean, just a lot of careless passes. You have Ant and Cat, and you're not going to change your offense. You're running your offense through those guys. I would like to see a little bit more structure on offense. They're not calling many plays, you know, maybe that would help, but Hey, the free flowing it's worked at different points, but the turnovers, I mean, that's that's now a theme, right? But you look at the stretch, the 16-game stretch, you know, playing these teams over 500. I mean, it's a winning record so far. I mean, there's going to be at some point a little bit of regression. Like, they weren't going to win 68 games this year, right? So at some point, there was going to be a little bit of regression. But this common theme of, of too many turnovers, and, you know, it wasn't like a ton yesterday in New York, but it was then New York scoring off those turnovers. That was troublesome. So I still worry. Right. And you still think about the trade deadline now and what, five ish weeks, you know, a Tyus Jones, a Monty Morris. I would certainly keep an eye on on those two guys. I don't know if there's a logical path to getting Tyus if you can outbid another mm-hmm. team, but certainly there are Tyus Jones fans here in Minnesota. Yeah. The Wolves right now are third most turnovers per 100 possessions in the league, just behind the Pistons. Yeah. I mean, you think about Tyus, though. He doesn't turn the ball over. You know, he helps you from three point range. Like Tyus would be in many ways, an ideal fit. I'd love to see a way for the Wolves to bring back Tyus. I just don't know, though. Like, I can see Washington trading him pending free agent. But it's hard to come up, concoct an actual deal that makes sense from Washington's standpoint that would trump what some other teams can offer. Yeah. By the way, we will dive into some of this stuff on Flagrant Howls, which makes its post-New Year's return today on uh, the Flagrant Howls podcast feed and Scorn Earth YouTube channel. Love it. Great you stuff, and Kyle dude. do a great job. Yeah. What else is uh, anything else in your bag there before we say goodbye? Well, I mean, we saw Frankie Montes come off the board, another free agent starter who the Twins had a little bit of interest in. But you look at the money, what, $16 million. I told you Lucas Giolito was going to get paid, so he got paid. You know, the Twins put the claim in on him in the summer, but they weren't going to touch what the Red Sox gave him. You know, they kicked the tires briefly on Severino, but they weren't going to touch that money. You think about Tyler Malley, who the Twins didn't kick the tires on, bringing him back. You know, he'll miss most of 24, yet he gets, what, 11 or $12 million a year. Point is, I can see the Twins acquiring a starting pitcher. I still think it's more likely it comes via a trade, not a free agent signing. Like, if you want to tell me, well, like, go sign Sean Manaya. Sean Manaya, Frankie Montes is getting $16 million. If Luis Severino is getting $13 million, if Malley's getting 11 if Jack Flaherty, who the Twins weren't in on, if he's getting $14 million, right? 
the Twins are not paying Sean Manaya $15 million this year. So I'm just telling you, like, I can see them acquiring a starting pitcher. It's the slow-moving baseball offseason, right? It continues now as the calendar flips to 2024. I do think the Twins are eventually going to do something. I just, I would still keep an eye on the trade front, not the free agent front. Yeah. There he is, Darren Doogie They did sign, Wilson. though, last week, or was it 10 days ago since the last time I joined you, the reliever, Josh, former Royal Josh Stomach. Yes, yeah, One year, $950,000, plus there's some incentives built in as well. Yeah. Josh Stomach. So we got, we got a guy on the board. We got, <laughs> yep. we got a guy on the board. It. Let's do it. Thanks, Dukes. There he is. Hi, right, boys. Darren we'll talk on Thursday. Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. So AJ put together the he, – he, he recorded with us before Christmas – our New Year's resolutions for Minnesota sports teams. And I'm getting clowned by some people for saying, I want the Twins to sign anyone. That's my resolution for the Twins. Just sign a baseball player. Yeah. And uh, they signed, is it J- Josh Stamont, right, yeah. is the reliever. Yeah. They signed him after we recorded, but I, oh. somebody hit me on Twitter and was like, is what? Like, in all seriousness, like, well, they signed Josh Stamont. I'm like, well, okay, that's great. They did sign Josh Donovan. He has an ERA of highest walk player. rates of any pitcher in baseball. baseball. Player, he, has, he has an ERA of six and, and over his last fifty games. But he's yeah, got, you know they they got something there. He's got a pulse. Yeah, okay? I think, he has, I think his walk pulse. rates like seven walks per nine yeah, innings or something. It's, too, it's so. bad, very bad. But they've I will say for the Twins front office they've done a good job taking guys. They like Emilio Pagan had his best season of his career. He's had some control issues in the past. So you can you know, we'll see what Falvey once Falvey gets his hands on that magical clay. It's like Mr. Miyagi. Let's give me that arm. Son, no walks. Wow. Yeah. Pitch up. Pitch on, pitch off. Yeah. So, all right, there's your scoop session here. Uh, we're back. 2024 speculation season. The Vikings do have a game, but like the next four months are going to be wild in terms of what the Vikings may or may not do. So we got you covered on these scoops and on Purple Daily. See you guys.